0: That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void report prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. This is the Los Angeles City Cast with Danielle Alvari, presented by BetRivers.
2: Rivers. Welcome in to the Los Angeles City Cast, presented by BetRivers Rivers Sportsbook. Daniel Avari here, of course. And uh, it's, what, 28 days till football? I've lost count, but it's definitely under 30. This podcast is not. It's a little bit on the longer side, but it's worth it. This is a really fun one. I'm excited for this one. And, of course, with the WNBA wrapping up, I'm looking back through, pouring through the records. And uh, people have noted, of course, on Twitter, in case you missed it, I had ankle surgery and I was in a cast for two weeks and kind of went on a heater. And I don't know if it was because I had to be on my back just laying around for two weeks, but it could have been. A really good last couple weeks here. And it actually dated back to mid July for me. So you can't just chalk it all up to the cast here. But 22 and six for WNBA bets in my last 28 bets. But, you know, I left out two there to make it around 30. If you want to know the round 30 numbers, it's 22 and eight. But 22 and six in my last 28, not too shabby, Uh, loving that, loving that for me. And on the season, 84 and 60, which I believe is around 58% or so up 21 units. We went up this season and we didn't, we didn't go down. At no point was I not playing with one money. And that is so much fun in the world of betting as you can imagine so i'm excited for playoffs hopefully we don't lose it all in playoffs and we'll have plenty of time to talk about that in today's show part one though adam burke is back he took a week off last week from the show uh because i let him and let him (laughs) told him we're good on guests take the break because that man works so so hard but he is back from visa of course and we're going to talk Pac-12 unexpectedly, I actually asked Adam about a lot about the Pac-12 and didn't even tell him ahead of time I was going to do that, so that's on on me. But we'll get into the Pac-12, UCLA, USC, of course, Utah on everybody's mind. We'll talk Dodgers and Angels, NFC and AFC West, Chargers and Rams, the works. It's everything. He's back in full force. And then WNBA, Friday and Sunday, no Saturday games. We're previewing it with Calvin Wetzel from Her Hoop Stats and Spread the Floor. You can find him on Twitter again at cwetzel31. He and I are both being very cautious in these final couple games as playoffs are just around the corner. And for next week, the podcast will actually be on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday because the playoffs start on Wednesday. So we want we want to make sure that we have you uh, nice and previewed for that, obviously. So we'll have a Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, LA City cast next week, something to look forward to. And also, of course, Calvin Wetzel coming up on this show. We'll get all of his thoughts and where he's at with everything. But before we do any of that, let's take a look at the local Los Angeles odds. The Rams and the Chargers are playing in preseason this weekend. I saw an interesting tweet amongst sports betting Twitter that mentioned that betting on preseason football is for degenerates only or just people who can't help themselves and absolutely have to bet. And they just kind of pointed out that these lines move so much in preseason games that if you got closing line value, it is actually a good way to make some money. Now the issue is, of course, we don't see a lot of the starters. We don't really know what we're going to get. It's a hodgepodge. It's very hard to handicap in a lot of ways. So with that in mind, take it with a grain of salt. I kind of see where that person's coming from. I also think that preseason football is one of the dead last things I want to bet on. And that includes... Korean ping pong, so keep that in mind. Rams at Chargers on Saturday. Go ahead and watch it. The Rams are getting three and a half points at Bat Rivers. Moneyline plus 140, and the total for this one, 29 and a half. 29 and a half is the number. Uh, as for the baseball side of things for LA, the Dodgers plus 330 in the odds to win the World Series. The Yankees now at 4-1. to one. The Dodgers were at least four to one, not but a couple of days ago. And there was a point when the Yankees surpassed them, uh, as short a shot at least, on these World Series odds for BetRivers. Rivers. But now they are rightfully back at the top at plus 330. They've been on a heater. And for the National League as well, plus 165. To win the National League, the Mets, a team that would be standing in their way at plus 275. But other than that, I mean come on it's not it's not a ton of value not a lot of return for your money but it's also not a long time to tie up your money because the season is coming to a close rapidly it feels uh, also we have games going on on Friday for the Dodgers and the Angels Are Angels fans still watching? Are you still watching your team? Just let me know. The Dodgers are at the Royals on Friday with Tony Gonsolin on the mound for them. Daniel Lynch for the Royals. And the Dodgers are heavy favorites here. Minus 225, minus 230. And the Royals more like plus 190. Total for this game at nine. And then for the Angels who uh, are hosting the Twins, who just lost to the Dodgers, who hasn't been losing to the Dodgers lately. The Angels' total for this game is uh, eight. Well, the, total for, the whole total for the game, not just the Angels' total. But the Angels uh, look like even money here, plus 100. The Twins' a slight favorite. So interesting to see that, honestly, for the Angels. Maybe now we're finally starting to see a little bit of an opportunity to bet on them. Why would you do that? Why would you do that to yourselves? Just something to consider uh, as you take a look through these. And also keep in mind that BetRivers online sportsbook is your home for the same game parlay bets. You can, get all, you can get in all the professional baseball games with this one. You create your ideal same game parlay over three legs and receive up to 50% profit boost on those three. That's right. You get a 50% profit boost when you place qualifying same game parlay wagers this week only head over to bet or download the bet river sportsbook app for more details let's welcome in adam burke who you guys can't see but is wearing a pac-12 shirt which is almost a relic at this point so adam how are you doing
0: i'm good this is actually from the uh pac-12 tournament i went to the championship game ucla in arizona oh, the recent yeah oh wow it was uh it was a good time good game fun crowd too and it's fun that it's in vegas
2: Man, I loved that yes. tournament when I was in school.
0: I know. I'm hoping I can make it to the Pac-12 championship game for football this year.
2: Oh, yeah. Who do you – off the top, who do you think's going to be in that?
0: I think it's Utah and USC, so that should be you fun. You I
2: don't want to hear that, but I, I, I understand how sorry. you got there for sure. I feel like most of the VEASAN predictors, if you will, our analysts, our our handicappers, are pretty high on Utah.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm really high on Utah, although I, I will be going through and updating my power ratings here. You know, now that we've kind of seen fall camps and practices and kind of have a better idea of who's in, who's out, what some of the quarterback decisions will be. I probably do have USC power rated a little bit low relative to the market and Utah probably a little bit high. So I, I may have to adjust that a little bit. But I think mm-hmm. we talked about it last week that, you know, yeah. two weeks ago that I don't think USC is going to be as good as the market expectation, just because I think this is a little bit of a transitional year for them. But I guess I'll I'll rephrase my answer. Utah will be there. And then either one of I think, USC or UCLA.
2: Why do you not see Oregon in that picture? Because it's funny, because in my mind, Oregon is like the Seattle Storm of the conversation because the Seattle Storm are so good. They have Sue Bird, Brianna Stewart, and yet no one's talking about them for the WNBA championship. And I feel like Oregon could be sneaky good, and no one's really talking about them for a Pac-12 championship.
0: Yeah, look, I mean, I I don't necessarily think that, you know, Bo Nix is is going to be the guy there at Oregon. I I don't really Mm -hmm. love him transferring in. And and Dan Lanning's a first-time head coach where, you know, obviously Mm -hmm. he did good things as an assistant down at Georgia, but... You know, first-time head coach. I think the North Division, what used to be the North Division, I should say, is pretty (laughs) decent. I mean, Oregon State looks good. I think Washington will be better. Washington State is probably not going to win a lot of games, but they'll be a very competitive team. So I think Oregon kind of has some challenging games here on the schedule. And, you know, I think Utah goes up to Eugene and beats them. So, you know, we'll see. But I think it'll be one of the two Southern California schools and then Utah in the title game.
2: I'm going to ask you about some of these UCLA lines while we're while we have these up. We didn't plan this either, so go easy on Adam here. I didn't tell him we were going to Let's talk baseball, but now I'm in. Now I'm in. Uh, I'm just looking at the. Well, we were talking bet-
0: about it. I mean, what what are we supposed to say about baseball at this point? <laughs> I mean, the Dodgers have won 32 of their last 37 games. Like, what what are we supposed to say? Ten about straight. That? Yeah. so
2: I think it's funny, too, because I think the, one of the most recent losses, probably, what, 15 games back at this point, was a Tony Gonsolin game that I think a lot of people were in on because he's been Mr. Reliable for them, and then, lo and behold, it ends up being a loss. So, not very many losses these days from the Dodgers, and they've been covering the run line so much. So, what what's to say? Bet the run line and move on with your life.
0: All right, Pretty much. I mean, we, we can talk about the Angels and how Reed Detmers has looked really good here of late, and I still love Patrick Sandoval, but, I mean, that offense is, is still awful. So... You know, I, there's not much to say about the Angels that, that we haven't already said either, except for, like I said, Detmer's getting better. And, you know, the Rysel Iglesias trade was interesting, but they also get, shed over $50 million on his contract. So that made sense for them.
2: And one last question about the Angels, and then I do want to come back to this fact 12 stuff because you've piqued my interest. But... The Angels at the deadline became became sellers a little bit. I want to know what your thoughts are on that. We didn't get to hear your reaction to that yet. And also, I mean, obviously the Shohei Otani lingering question, will they, won't they before he's a free agent?
0: Yeah, so uh, look, I mean, I think they kind of did what they could do, what Perry Manation was allowed to do at the trade deadline i would have traded shohei i mean i look the guy's not going to sign there after next season i think that's pretty clear now between what he's said and kind of the situation with the team so i would have capitalized on that year and two months of control let some you know contender overpay me for him maybe get 80 percent or 85 percent of the juan Soto return in a shohei otani deal i absolutely would have done that but Artie moreno stepped in said no absolutely not we're not trading this guy and I don't like meddling owners. I don't like when owners you know, put people that they apparently respect into positions to succeed and then don't allow them to do the job by handcuffing them like Artie Moreno did with Otani. I would have let Perry Manajian get the best return that he possibly could. I would have had a price in my mind. If no team met it, then I would have kept him. But they took away all of their leverage with Moreno basically saying the night before the trade deadline, Otani's not moving. You, know, you could have gotten a team to call you on deadline day and blown you away with an offer, but they completely took away that leverage. So I think that was a giant mistake by them. And mm. this is still a team where the bullpen's not great. The offense is not good at all. You've got a superstar Mike Trout who's gonna manage an injury for the rest of his career. You've got one year of Otani left if you don't trade him over the offseason, You got inflated contracts with Anthony Rendon. Uh, it's a mess. It's an absolute disaster and it's not going to get better anytime soon. And Moreno handcuffed the ability to get better at the trade deadline,
2: yeah, I'm with you. It's, it's almost full dumpster fire, which is one of my favorite things to call things. Which I didn't realize a lot of people don't don't know. Stormy's never heard that before, and she loves saying dumpster fire now. So I'm glad that I introduced that to her lexicon. <laughs>
0: but I that's go pretty with, much uh, I go with dumpster fire of burning tires because hot garbage. Yeah,
2: tweet at us whatever your favorite thing is to call whatever is going on at the Angels because that's pretty much what what it is. And then last baseball question, the Dodgers, they're going to be getting some of their pitchers back here, right? They're going to get Haney back. Kershaw just went on the IL again. So how do you think they're going to look heading in towards postseason?
0: Dustin May will be coming back. Walker Bueller, Walker Bueller will come back in September too, uh, and that's why they didn't do much at the deadline. They they didn't have to. I mean, adding Dustin May and Walker Bueller to this team, adding Justin Turner and Chris Taylor back to the lineup or or the bench, wherever they're going to put those guys. I mean, it, you know that those are phenomenal trade deadline acquisitions. I'll say this: I mean, they play Kansas City this weekend. I don't know if maybe this is a series where they kind of sleepwalk through it a little bit. I think it's a possibility Mm -hmm. that they lose at least one of these games, possibly two. But then they play the Brewers after that. They play the Brewers actually twice in the span of about a week and a half, where when you start facing Corbin Burns and Brandon Woodruff and guys you may see in the playoffs, then the competitive juices get flowing a little bit more. So I think it could be a scenario, kind of what we saw with the Dodgers in in June, late May, early June, where they don't play as well against bad teams because they don't feel challenged. But when somebody tries to challenge them, I've likened it to when LeBron was with the Cavs. You know, I think we talked about this two weeks ago. If there was a challenger to the throne, LeBron and the Cavs beat him by 20. You know, the Dodgers have kind of done that here with the Giants and, and more specifically the Padres right after the trade deadline. So I think that may kind of be their mindset the rest of the way where they're getting a bye. They're up 16 games as we're recording on Thursday in the division. Mm-hmm. They don't really have much to worry about outside of just not getting complacent.
2: Yeah, even if you look ahead to this whole schedule to your point, like I'm actually kind of mad that the Dodgers schedule doesn't get interesting again until pretty much football time where they face their at the Mets on August 30th. I mean, Miami, Milwaukee, Miami, Milwaukee, Kansas City. This is this is going to be smooth sailing for them for a while.
0: Yeah, for sure. And and look, I mean, they still have what, six games left with the Padres, so, you know, we'll we'll see mm-hmm. how those end up going. But mm-hmm. I I don't Reaction to the Juan Soto news? Well, I mean, obviously he helps a ton. I mean, he's a top five player in major league baseball sure. and he's a controlled player as well. But now for AJ Preller, I mean, it's world series or bust. And I give him credit. They, if you're going all in, this is the way to do it. And that's exactly what they did. I don't know if Josh Hader is going to wind up working out, but I like Josh Bell quite a bit, obviously love Juan Soto, but I mean, they gave up virtually their entire minor league system, except for catcher prospect, Luis Camposano, who's at triple a. So you know, it's World Series or bust now. I mean, are they good enough to win the World Series? Maybe, but getting through the Dodgers and the Mets is, and even the Braves potentially, is not an easy task. It
2: seems like the Dodgers should have won so many more World Series than they have. Is the only thing that like sticks out in my mind. Of course, it's not an easy task to do, obviously. But if not now, when for the Dodgers is how it feels. Uh, so that's our that's our baseball update. The Dodgers are good. The Angels are bad. Thank you for coming to this TED Talk. That sums it up. Um, right. <laughs> I'll ask you about the Pac-12 because I have UCLA lines up here. We were talking about Utah. We were talking about Oregon. Utah versus UCLA is going to be the first real test on UCLA's schedule. Uh, and we see that on October 8th. Utah's favored by two and a half.
0: Yeah, I mean, look, I, I really like Utah so much. I mean, I think this team is just really, really solid in a lot of different ways. Sorry, I'm trying to pull up my UCLA numbers here. But I, yeah, I, I did this, not prep him at all, guys. No, that's fine. This Utah team, again, one of the things I think is really important about them is they're so physical in the trenches and you can't really prepare mm-hmm. for that. It's a hard thing to simulate mm-hmm. in practice. And I think yes. that's something that they have a lot of difficulty with that you know, teams that play against Utah. So I think that'll be an issue for UCLA here. Uh, what'd you say the number was?
2: Two and a half at Bet Rivers right now. And I'm like, how do you not take that minus two and a half on Utah right now?
0: So I'm... Again, I, I'm clearly high on Utah on the market. I have this game lined eight, and, and I do I'm think UCLA is a pretty decent team. So maybe I'm just sky high on Utah. <laughs> but. Well, and Utah historically has been a challenge for both USC and
2: UCLA, but more so UCLA. And it's funny because when I was at UCLA, I obviously had friends who were on the football team, and and even have talked to players post graduation, obviously, and they say by far that's like the worst environment for them. Obviously, this game's going to be at UCLA, so that's a little leg up. But they hate playing at Utah, and they hate the Utah fans.
0: <laughs> yeah, it is a tough place to play. I mean, you think about playing at yeah. elevation too, where you know yeah. uh, you get to do it in Boulder, but I mean, Colorado hasn't been on the level of of Utah, so that's so a maybe very, that's why
2: it's not. Bigger on the spread because it isn't. It isn't at Utah at least.
0: Yeah, I think so. Um,
2: I I guess I can see this moving a lot because I mean, once the games get going,
0: I don't know. Right, I I think you know a lot of people probably pretty excited about UCLA with DTR coming back, and like I said, Mm -hmm. I, I may just have Utah power rated too high. I mean, that may be the thing where. Look, Utah is still laying a number here. You know, they're not laying more than a field goal. I, Even if I adjusted Utah, I'd still have them probably four and a half, five, maybe five and a half point favorite here. So mm-hmm. I think the number still is a little bit cheap.
2: I think we're always cautious, especially when everybody's on the same team. We're all high on Utah, and that's for good reason. Like, we're handicappers. We're all looking at the same things in some regard, or maybe we're looking at different things, but we're all coming to the same conclusion, it seems, and that can be a little bit scary, but it doesn't mean it's wrong. So I think that Utah is rightfully the favorite here in the Pac-12. They're actually sitting at plus 240 at Bat Rivers. USC is plus 200, which I think is a little fraudulent. But Oregon at plus 250 has got to be the worst thing on that top four for the Pac-12 winner odds. And UCLA at 10-1 to 1 is good value. You can't tell me that's not good value in the Pac-12. UCLA could be sneaky good. You don't know.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, they could be. I, look, I have them virtually a pick em. I have them a half-point underdog in their game against USC, and that one does come at home. Uh, And then let's see, they play Oregon. I have a seven and a half point dog in that game at Eugene. But I mean, look, again, Rivers
2: has Oregon minus four and a half.
0: Yeah. So maybe I'm, maybe I'm a little bit low on UCLA based on kind of comparing my numbers. That's okay. Somebody on this show needs to be. (laughs) Well, I mean, look, I, I think that, you know, the thing for UCLA is when does all of this come together with Chip Kelly? Right. You know, because everybody
2: was so pleased with an eight and four last year, just because the years past had been so abysmal.
0: Right. And and that's the question is, you know, is he kind of able to to work the magic that he had at some of his previous spots? I don't know. I mean, look, I still have UCLA. My season win total for UCLA is 8.58 wins. So it's not like I really have this team power rated all that low. I mean, mm-hmm. like I said, maybe Utah is just too high for me, but I still have a, a pretty high degree of respect for UCLA in the market. I have mm-hmm. UCLA 8.58. I have USC 8.49. Now, of course, keep in mind, USC does play Notre Dame, so that's part of it for them. But, Tougher schedule, sure. I mean, I, I have both these teams with a chance to, to win nine games this season.
2: Yeah, and that's that's a big ask. It is. so. Uh, I'm with you there. I'm with you there, definitely. And I think that I'm a little too high on UCLA, perhaps. But I think that what you just illustrated is that that win total for UCLA is pretty dead on, is the issue. The reason why it's so hard to decide if it will be over or under is because it's it's pretty pretty dead on there. Uh, people keep pointing to the easy schedule, but I don't know if that's going to be enough uh, to get them over that nine wins. I, I like it. I'm a UCLA fan. That's a fun bet for you to cheer for if you're a UCLA fan. And it's not a horrible bet to make if you're a UCLA fan. It's not like out of the realm of possibility. That said, we have professional teams as well in L.A., and that's what I actually asked Adam to talk about. So let's get his thoughts on at least the NFC West. Uh, what have you gathered with your NFC West research? I know this is the preview that you were working on for Vsin.
0: Yeah, so our NFL betting guide, I believe, comes out two weeks from today as we're recording this on Thursday. They'll either come out Thursday that's or exciting. Friday. So that'll, that's definitely an exciting thing for sure. I mean, I, I personally prefer college just because I think there's more betting opportunities with 131 teams, but... You know, for the NFL, you know, look. I mean, my Sundays are spent, you know, going to the bar at 10 a.m. to watch the Browns. So, you know, that's that's kind of kind of what I do here. But still, but, you know, yeah, still, I, I have a beer in hand by 10 a.m. Um, I, I mean, I had a beer in hand by 10 a.m. back home too, but that's just because you had to drink to get through Browns games. So, um, as far as the NFC West goes, though, fascinating division because, while well, I think two of these teams are really good. I think Arizona could be really good, and Seattle obviously, you know, kind of is the odd man out here. There are still concerns about every one of these teams. You know, I mean, for the Rams, it's health. For the Rams, it's Matt Stafford and the and the health of that elbow that has been talked about here a lot in the preseason. Look, the guy threw seven hundred and forty one passes last year between the regular season and the postseason. And that's a lot of workload for a guy who okay, he's only thirty four, but His body is much older than that, specifically with the back issue that he had playing for the Lions. So now you add in this elbow thing that seems to be kind of a mystery. That's a huge concern. For the 49ers, I I know nothing about Trey Lance, right? I know that the roster around Trey Lance is really damn good. I don't know anything about Trey Lance and how he's going to do in this offense, but I love the supporting cast that's around him. And for the Cardinals, Kyler Murray's a dynamic player. I think he gets a bad rap out there because – He's asked to do a lot in this offense, and and last year he couldn't run. And a lot of homework. 2020. And yes, (laughs) yes, indeed. Interesting provision there in the contract. But last year he wasn't healthy. He couldn't run. He couldn't really be Kyler Murray, especially as the season was kind of slipping away from them to some degree. This year, now that he's been paid and presumably healthier, you know, he may be able to get back to being the player that he was. But at the same time, no DeAndre Hopkins for the first six games. Hollywood Browns already making news for all the wrong reasons. And I don't think this Cardinals defense is very good. Last year, turnovers Mm. saved them. So all three of these teams have some measure of flaw, even though if you told me all three of them won double-digit games, I wouldn't be all that surprised.
2: It's a tough division. We know that. But I do think, to your point, it's not the same as it's been in years past. This is a very different NFC West for obvious reasons that you just pointed out. Uh, for the odds, at least, the Rams, obviously, the short shot to win it at plus 125, the 49ers plus 160, the Cardinals at 4-1, to and the Seahawks at 16-1 to right now at bet Rivers. Uh, I think, again, the big question mark, Matt Stafford's arm as well. I think people are hesitant to make futures bets when we have lingering injury questions.
0: Yeah, and, and also keep in mind, something else about this division as a whole, especially with these top two teams a lot of offensive line shuffling. You know, the, the Rams lost their center Austin Corbett who was really really good. Andrew Whitworth retired. The 49ers are moving some guys around. Alex Mack retired their center. Uh, they lost guard Lake and Tomlinson. He's now with the Jets. So the top two teams also have quarterback questions with offensive line questions. And mm-hmm. the thing that concerns me for the Rams is they stayed really healthy last year. And we talked about this, you know, throughout the LA Citycast during last season where They had issues beating good teams for the first half of the season you know but this is a stars and scrubs type of team where you've got a lot of guys that are really really good and a lot of guys that are kind of average and the backups behind them aren't great there's just not a whole lot of depth on this team because they've spent so much money on the star players that they do have so if the rams do end up with some additional injury issues this year coming off of you know the 17 game season plus the playoff run that they had if they have some injury issues this year. They don't have a ton of depth and specifically a quarterback with Matthew Stafford. So that's what concerns me for the Rams. I think their margin for error from an injury standpoint is very, very low. So I would kind of mm-hmm. lean towards you know betting more of their under season win total, especially with a pretty difficult schedule than I would over. But again, maybe Stafford can manage this injury and maybe they stay healthy again. And all of a sudden they win 12 or 13 games.
2: Sure. Could be just a, a scare that isn't actually an issue. And that's a, really a possibility because we have a lot of cloudiness around what's actually going on with that. I had Matt Brown on the other day. He was very high on the chargers. Where
0: are you at with the chargers? Yeah, I'm pretty high in the chargers too. I, you know, I, I love Brandon Staley. I'm, I'm a numbers guy. I'm an analytics guy. I, I love, you know, how calculated all of his decisions are. I know some people criticized him last year with some of the fourth down things and, and all that, uh, not kicking fuel goals, but I think it's smart. I think now it takes hold a little bit more. I think this defense should get better. Justin Herbert is is certainly you know one of the top five, top ten quarterbacks in the NFL for sure. I think this team is very, very good, but again, I mean, the Raiders are not a bad team. The Broncos will be much better with Russell Wilson and all the weapons that he has to work with and a pretty good defense, and Kansas City is still Kansas City. I know they don't have Tyreek Hill anymore, but mm-hmm. They'll figure it out. Patrick Mahomes will figure it out. Andy Reid is a very, very smart head coach. It is a brutal division. And I don't think the Raiders can win it. But if you told me any of the other three teams won it, wouldn't be the least bit surprised.
2: That's that's the really the deal here between the AFC and the NFC West. Both of them just really, really dogfights in this. The Chiefs at plus 170. I don't really think that's worth a shot. The Chargers at plus 225. I believe Matt Brown is on uh, AFC West, Chargers to win the AFC West. And then the Broncos plus 270. The Raiders plus 650.
0: Yeah, I I, I mean, look, if, if you forced me to make a play or if you told me, hey, you know, you, you got to do something with this division, I would probably take the Chargers at this point. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, also, they missed out on the playoffs last year with that, you know, last second game and that Monday night game where, you know, now it's a scenario where they end up playing a little bit weaker of a schedule than, than some of the other teams in that division as well. So that's something that helps them out because, you know, the strength of schedule kind of determined by your finish in terms of the division. So, you know, that may help them out a little bit, too, or maybe their schedule just a little bit easier. And to that point, real quick, going back to the Rams. The Rams only play seven true road games this year because they play the Chargers in a road game at SoFi Stadium. So that helps with their schedule as well.
2: We did it all, Adam. We did Dodgers. We did Angels. We did Pac-12. We did NFL, Chargers, Rams. We hit them all. So you're, an, uh, you're a rock star. Thank you for coming on. And you want you to
0: the, uh, Los Angeles Kings or no?
2: Yeah, let's just throw it in the mix. Why not?
0: I, I don't know anything about the Kings. I haven't done any NHL research yet at all.
2: As are the LA Sparks. We'll let them do that in their quiet time, in their peace, in their offseason. But for now, thank you to Adam Burke. And we'll look forward to having him back on, as always, hopefully next week. Uh, thank you for listening to the Los Angeles uh, CityCast. Stick with us. We have WNBA. It's the final weekend of regular season. I'm going to get emotional. Coming up on the Los Angeles CityCast, presented by Bett River Sportsbook. Baseball is here, and Bet Rivers has a special offer for you every Saturday throughout the season. Place a three leg same game parlay of at least $25, and you will earn a $10 free bet. With same game parlays, you can combine player props and game bets to make your perfect combo. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Claim your offer on the Bet Rivers app or go to betrivers.com. Welcome back into the Los Angeles City Cast presented by Bet River Sportsbook. I'm of course Danielle Alvari. I'm in mourning right now because the WMB regular season is coming to a close. But uh, my spirits are being lifted by the fact that we have Calvin Wetzel back on here from Her Hoop Stats. Spread the floor. He gives out great bets there. You can follow him. Uh, on Twitter. Is it C Wetz31? What, what tell C- me the Twitter handle.
1: C Wetzel, W-E-T-Z-E-L. 3-1. Yeah,
2: 31. Okay. Dang. You, I, you know, I have these guests on so often. I think I know them so well. But um, I'm just used to seeing Wets wet Bets.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's, that was a uh, Gabe <laughs> Ibrahim Shout out to Gabe Ibrahim for that yeah. idea. Yeah. Search the hashtag.
2: <laughs> if, if only because it's clever. So we have a lot to talk about. Before we jumped on, we were just talking about how crazy this playoff race is right now. And what, what were you saying about the teams at the bottom?
1: Yeah. Uh, 7 through 10 are all exactly tied in the cutoff for the playoffs is 8 so right in the middle of that four way tie uh, and then 11th is the sparks a game behind that so five teams within one game any of them could get anywhere i believe from 7 through 11 so the last i'll have two games left this weekend is going to be crazy
2: Yeah, and and we have games on Friday and Sunday, no Saturday games. So there's 10 in total, four on Friday and six on Sunday, which means all 12 teams are playing on Sunday. And there's playoff implications for some and not for others. So we're going to take a look at this, of course, with a critical eye of what's important to watch. So let's start with Mystics at Fever, which is not super important to watch probably. (laughs) But we have that one at 4 p.m. on Friday. The Mystics, I was surprised to see, but maybe not because they're kind of locked into their spot right there at the four, have lost their last two. And the Fever have lost, what, 16 straight now and just lost to the Wings in overtime. So not for nothing. They are still battling, unfortunately. The Fever are not rolling over, and you have to respect that. But this Mystics-Fever game, I kind of don't want to touch for that reason. The Fever are going to keep fighting. The Mystics are just so much fundamentally better. It's insane, and they can't move up in the seating. So there's not a huge edge for me here. But, of course, we don't have the number just yet.
1: Right, no, I'm with you. I will lay off if they play each other back to back uh Friday and Sunday, I believe. I will lay off of both for that reason. Great the scheduling. Mystics Yeah, exactly. The Mystics don't really Are they have...
2: wait a minute? They're Mystics at Fever on Friday and then Fever at Mystics on Sunday.
1: Uh, that's right. They have to travel in between, which was a terrible what idea. Is I don't the know.
2: Scheduling who, Whose idea was that? <laughs> Anyways.
1: Yeah. No. So
2: yeah, this is not the game for you
1: no definitely not i mean i will say if if there's one thing that might convince me not to lay off i could potentially see taking a shot i wouldn't put very much money on this just a little bit on the fever winning that last game because the mystics are going to be fully in playoff Locked mode in. at that point i'm sure Lena Deladon won't play right yep. maybe they rest some other starters trying to you know be rested for the playoffs the fever are going to have every incentive, those rookies, to not end the season on an 18-game winning streak. So,
2: losing.
1: losing streak. Sorry. Yep. So, <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know. We'll see what the like money is. I'm probably still going to stay away, but you never know. I, I can see the Fever winning that one. It'd be a this great way the... to end a weird season.
2: Final games of the season, there's some just garbage things happening here, guys, so don't try to bet your money on it if you don't need to, but I do like that angle, I do, so it'll be interesting to see what the line is for Sunday, because again, the books know what we know for the most part, and probably more, so the line may reflect, oh, EDD might not play, et cetera, et cetera. but if you get a decent line on the fever... Might be worth a look. The Liberty are playing the Dream twice, and these games matter for both of these teams right now. Uh, The Liberty versus the Dream on Friday is 4.30 p.m. It's 11 a.m. on Sunday. What do you think is going to happen?
1: Well, this is another back-to-back where each one is at the opposite site. You know, they have to travel in between, which, again, doesn't make any sense. Chaos. Who knows? Chaos, right? Yeah. On commercial uh, airlines, no less. With all the stuff that's going on What could go wrong? Yeah, seriously. Oh, man. (laughs) Great decision-making. These games, like you said, are really big. The four-way tie from 7 through 10, these are two of those four teams. So both of these games will be critical for either of them getting into the playoffs. If one of these two teams sweeps the back-to-back, the other team's done. Uh, And I believe if one of these teams sweeps the back-to-back, they will also be in the playoffs. I'm not positive Mm -hmm. that's true from the Atlanta side. But if I'm looking to bet any of the games on the 10-game game, Slate that we have left, I think it would be these two because there's no questions about will one team be resting, will one team be trying? No, these two teams are both going all out. They're going to run through the wall. Exactly. Yeah. We don't have to worry about any weirdness like that. So I would be interested in you know maybe betting these games a little bit. Um, we'll see what happens in the first one in terms of what we look at Sunday, but the first one is at Atlanta. I think this could be close to a pick'em um, mm-hmm. after how the Liberty played in that I think 19-point win against the Wings. Last night uh, or two nights ago, by the time this comes out, so I, I could really see this being a very close game. Pick them maybe around low 160s for a total. I would say if we get more than like two, two and a half points for either team, I'm t- I would take them.
2: Oh yeah, I, absolutely. I'm with you. This is uh, these teams are both right in the thick of it, trying to get into playoffs here and New York uh, snuck in last year. They could do it again. And the lovely Dana Mattia, who is a great friend to the show, great handicapper provided us with a sheet to explain the remaining playoff scenarios. Bless him for that. Thank you, Dano. But uh, to your point, New York clinches the playoff berth with two wins over Atlanta. And then there's some messier scenarios below that. And then Atlanta clinches the playoff berth with two wins versus New York. As far as chance to make the playoffs, 51% for New York, 48% for Atlanta is what we're looking at. So, i think new york is so streaky i've actively avoided betting this team (laughs) look get into we're also going to do end of the season end of the regular season awards later and we'll get into that but new york has been so streaky and atlanta is a team i've actively avoided as well because even though they've had really bright moments in this season that were surprising frankly to me i don't think they've been consistent enough and they haven't been able to close out important games so i do lean new york here i get why they get three percent more chance to make the playoffs
1: yeah, New York. Uh, I would probably lean New York as well, but like you said, uh, we'll get into this in a little bit. New York's been a tough <laughs> team to predict, you know, with the way that they stroke threes. Sometimes they just all go in, and sometimes they don't. So you never know. If got into my head though, I would say New York on the right side of the pickup.
2: Yeah, I'm completely with you. I think I want to know what happens. So we have to we have to actually go into the weeds to know this. What happens if they split the games? Then other scenarios come into play here. So to control their own destiny, they have to win both of these. New York to clinch it, split against Atlanta, and Minnesota loses both. We don't want that. I want the links in. I know that Calvin does as well because he has a future ticket on that. And they could also clinch with a split against Atlanta and two Phoenix losses. That's what I'm talking about. Let's have Phoenix lose out, and then New York splits with Atlanta, and then New York is in. That's what I'd like to see.
1: Yeah, I think New York could be a fun team in the playoffs, too, because of what we talked about, their unpredictability, their high ceiling, low floor. If they hit that That's high ceiling... big March ceiling,
2: Madness vibes.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, hey, you never know. They could get run out of the gym uh, by the one or two seed or whatever, but they hit that high ceiling. They start making some threes. We've seen New York play with some of the big dogs in the league. We saw them go into Las Vegas and win a game that... Uh, how many points were scored in that game? 230 or something crazy in New mm. York. Won that game, if you remember that. So... It could happen. I think this could be a fun playoff team, but they got to get in.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm completely with you. But uh, there's lots of scenarios where the Dream gets in as well. I mean, the Lynx lose one and the Mercury lose one, and they split against New York. The best-case scenario for these teams is just closing it out, just winning both. But I don't know if you're going to get that. And to your point, probably a pick em. And if you're getting points on either side, it might be worth a look. I'd be more hesitant to back the Dream, but that's just me. And you said total around 160, you think? If it's around 160... Is this the time where things are going to be so locked down that we're expecting it to be better defense? That you're thinking that because if it's like around 160, I'm looking over.
1: Yeah, no, I do think well it'll be like a playoff type of atmosphere in both of these mm. games, so we could see the pace slow down a little bit. The you know maybe some better defense. On the flip side, though, if it is a pick'em and you're having a really close game, then you start bringing into play you know the last two or three minutes, maybe fouls at the end or whatever whatever the case that maybe. Sometimes you get those games where it's at 150 with like two minutes left, it ends up at 167 because of all the flurry of things that happen in the last two minutes of close games. So, on the flip side, yeah, I could definitely see an over if it is maybe right at 160 or 160 and a half.
2: Yeah, I'm with you there. And I think that you're right. These are going to be the most interesting games on the schedule for these final two days on Friday and Sunday. Also on Friday, Storm at Lynx which is not going to be a repeat on Sunday. So we just get this one, once. 6 p.m. on Friday. The Storm are locked into their position, and the Lynx almost. are still trying to make play. Almost. Okay, so Seattle, yes. So worst case scenario, Seattle is a five seed. Uh, best case, they are a four seed. They're sitting in that five right now. So Seattle's Washington in, the,
1: the, in four? the four. It's flipped. Seattle's in the four. Up? Washington's in the five right now. They're, they are mm. locked into that matchup. So that matchup is going to happen. Right. Just a matter of which Seattle one's the four Mystics. and which one's the five. The four gets to host the first two games of the series, right? But that's all that they're really playing for. And at this point, Seattle would need to lose both games and have the Mystics win both games. So all four remaining games between those two teams would have to go against them in order for Seattle to drop down to the five. So Realistically, Seattle is essentially locked into the four. Either way, they're locked into that matchup. Probably mm-hmm. not nearly as much to play for as the Lynx, who, like we said, are fighting for their playoff lives
2: I've said this before on the show. I'm actively rooting for New York and Minnesota to make it into the playoffs. No shade to the other teams, but I want the Lynx. Uh, you guys can't... I- We're posting this. So Sylvia Fowles appreciation moment. I have my Sylvia Fowles t-shirt on. It was, I was telling Calvin that it came the other day. My mom was here taking care of me because my ankle surgery and she's opens it up. Bless her heart. Doesn't know anything about the WNBA goes, who is this person? Who is this woman? And I was like, bite your tongue. How do you not know who Sylvia Fowles is? And also we didn't talk about Sylvia at all in the MVP discussion this year, which I guess is fair because Asia and everybody else has been so incredible. Brianna Stewart, of course, but Sylvia is leading in rebounds per game this season, field percentage i mean it's it's kind of comical that we didn't even mention her
1: yeah sylvia's having an incredible season she could keep playing for as long as she wanted to if she weren't you know credit to her for doing what she wants and retiring because she's leaving
2: know, us wanting more yeah exactly
1: sure. oh it's a tease because uh, she's at the top of her game right now
2: <laughs> storm links what do you think the spread will be they're at the links storm will be favored i imagine this one's tough.
1: I do think the Storm will be favored by a little bit. It depends on how much weight the books put put into sort of that motivation because like we said, the Storm scenario. all but locked into their spot. The links are on the opposite end of the spectrum, have everything to play for. So I could see the Storm being only favored by a little bit. Maybe one, one and a half, two because of that. Combined with the fact that Nafisa Collier is back now and playing reasonably well at actually playing like Exceptionally well for someone who just had a baby three months ago, playing yeah, well Asterisk, enough to hello. help the team still, which is amazing. Shouts to her. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, I mean,
2: normally, <laughs> I can't even imagine.
1: It's it's ridiculous. It's unbelievable. Um, yeah, I don't know how she did it, but you know, it's it's an amazing story. I think the Lynx have some momentum now because of that. Obviously, they'll be at home with everything to play for. So, I could see the spread being maybe a little bit closer. Maybe it'll be higher because the books aren't adjusting for that stuff as much as I think. I think I might adjust for that stuff personally. And if we do get a higher spread, five, six or so, I might take the links.
2: So I have this theory about pregnancy (laughs) for sports. Hit me. (laughs) (laughs) That the the male players, so let's use Patrick Mahomes, for example, had his first child and had a little bit of a regression in the season. I think the men aren't ready for the baby when it comes. (laughs) The women, though, the female athletes that come back after giving birth, the mother's strength is real, so I I would be scared. I would be scared of fee right now. I would. No,
1: that, that no question. Men <laughs> just don't know how to handle anything. Pregnancy, anything
2: doesn't matter. You okay, said it, not me. I didn't. I'm not. I'm not <laughs> But no, yes, no, no. I just yeah. that's what I've seen. The men are like, oh, I'm losing sleep and all these things. Women are like, I haven't slept in twenty years. So yeah. I just think. <laughs> I haven't slept for at least nine months. I've been sleeping on my back. So I would be worried. I'd be worried about the Lynx, um, and I'm hopeful for them. I do think you're right. I think Storm's slightly favored here. Under for this game?
1: Ooh, yeah. I mean, this will be another one. Because it's in Minnesota, it'll be another playoff Have Their fans always show up anyway. You know, that's one of the best places in terms of drawing a crowd, and especially – with feedback, with Sylvia, you know, on the way out, and with the game that they need for the playoffs, this will be about as good of an atmosphere as you are going to get. So I could see that being another one of those, you know, pace slows down, higher defense, just because of all the intensity of the game. So, yeah, I, I think I would go under as long as we get a decent line. You know, if we get something in the low one fifty-eight, probably not. 10. Yeah, no, yeah. I'm probably not going to take it under 158. But if we get something into the, you know, Mid 160s definitely hit the under
2: 63 and a
1: half. That, that, uh, yeah, that is where I would start to think about it. Definitely getting mm-hmm. iffy. If we get some 165, yeah, I can see the under oh, there Lord. for sure. Yeah,
2: well, opposite game completely for the 7 p.m. game on Friday. Wings at Mercury here. The wings are locked into the sixth spot, as my understand. The Mercury are still battling for a playoff spot. No Skylar Diggins Smith out for personal reasons. No more Diana Trossi for the rest of the season. Quad injury. And just fighting for their life. Sophie doing the best she can to make it happen for them, bless her heart. But uh, it'll be interesting here. Motivation factor, Mercury's still trying to get in. The wings are locked into where they are. Where do you think we'll see here? Because I, I don't think we're going to see a lot of defense.
1: No, I mean, I'm probably going to stay away from this game because <laughs> he, Logic says, uh, well, I don't even know what Logic says, really. But I mean, don't the Mercury, bet on the Mercury. No, yeah. Well, don't bet on either team is the thing because the wings. Like you said, they're locked into the 16 They're not going to be trying. The Mercury make no sense. They're almost like the Liberty recently because if you look at the team the Mercury was supposed to have coming in season, season, uh, pretty Griner, Tina Charles, Skylar Diggins-Smith, Diana Taurasi. That's a super team. That's full of all-stars. Mm. None of them are there anymore right now, right? <laughs> None of those all-stars are there. This would
2: in- be like betting on an NFL preseason game. It makes no sense. Yeah,
1: exactly. I mean, this Mercury team, uh, you know, I've bet against the Mercury the last two games because they're running out people who most people have never heard of, right? They got, like, Von yeah. Turner running out there, Jenny Sims. I mean, it's just all yeah. these – yeah. The, yeah, exactly. No these, these randos are taking the court. Uh, but somehow, I mean, the Mercury played great with that lineup just yeah. uh, two games ago when they beat the Liberty. Last yeah. game, they played really well for about 35 minutes against a desperate Lynx team before fading down the stretch. Megan Gustafson had, like – six of ten shooting or something crazy these name these names that are just not big names at all are stepping up
2: young and them. hungry
1: and of course sophie cunningham who mm. uh irks me to no end that she's playing as well as she is but whatever credit to her. She's <laughs> playing to great. so yeah you know it is what it is uh i don't understand what's going on with the mercury i have no idea what to expect from the wings lock-in so i don't think i'm touching it
2: <laughs> there's four games on friday If I said you have to bet on three of them, which is the one you're skipping? This one or the Mystic's Fever?
1: Oh, great question. Uh, Definitely one of those two. Probably this one. I think I would... Worse, right? I think this is the one you stay away from. I think it's worse. Yep.
2: Yeah. Uh, okay, let's look at Sunday. All 12 teams in action, and it starts at 10 a.m. Pacific time. So that is <laughs> breakfast time for me. That is very early. I'm very much a night owl. But I always think that's funny because I'm saying, oh, it's early. But it's Lynx at Sun to kick the game off, and it's at the Connecticut Sun. So it's going to be on East Coast time for the teams that are playing at least. Lynx at Sun. Lynx need it bad. Sun are could move up to the two seed. I believe you mentioned if the Sky beat the Aces on Thursday, we're recording before that's happened. But... Uh, The Lynx need this win bad. The Sun, really, best-case scenario, move up to a two seed. Otherwise, sit at that three seed.
1: Right. By the time this game tips off, there's a pretty good chance the Sun will be locked into the three seed unless, you know, Mm -hmm. some things break their way. However, you know, I made the mistake last year. The Sun were the dominant team all regular season. They wrapped up the one seed down the stretch. I made the mistake. I bet against them because I thought they're not going to be trying. They're going to be resting everyone. They're locked into the one seed. And then Kurt Miller rolled out his starters. They went hard. (laughs) Because, I don't know, it's just Sun culture or something, you know. They just, they do hard. So, uh, I don't think I would want to bet against the Sun, even if they are locked into a spot. I think they're just that team that just, they can't turn it off. They don't have an off switch. So, this one will be tough. And we'll see where the links are at, too, you know. If they lose, there's a chance they're eliminated from the playoffs by the time it starts. If they do lose to the Storm and some other things go against them, they'll probably still be playing for their playoff lives. But this is this is definitely going to be a tough one.
2: Yeah. And we forgot to mention, by the way, on the Friday game, Storm at Lynx is Sylvia Fowles' last home game. So that almost makes me also want to bet on the Lynx a little bit more even for that. Uh, But as far as Sunday is concerned, like you said, still battling for their playoff life at that point. Sun are probably not going to let off the gas. The sun are so funny to me because they're that kid that gets like the perfect grade on all the homework but then doesn't <laughs> ace the final. Like they they will they will like they'll go all the way to the finish and they don't know how oh. to like I feel like the sky know how to let off the gas a little bit. The mystics, oh, we'll sit EDD, we'll bring her back in like they understand the ebbs and flows. The sun just go hard and they they go so hard and then they fall short. <laughs> and y- I just that was- I so admire them because that was me in school. <laughs> I was like Teacher's pet, does all the homework, but...
1: Oh, my goodness. That is the funniest thing I've ever heard. That is the (laughs) best comparison, the the best analogy for any sports team that I've ever heard in my life. That is amazing.
2: (laughs) Because because people who don't follow the WNBA will listen to the show or ask me or look at odds, and they'll look at the top of the leaderboard for stats and say, well, the Sunner said... Last year, they're the top in every category. What's going on? And I go, I know. I don't know what to tell you. Don't know what to tell you, but this year it was adversity for them. It's been that for years past. So, uh, so we already talked about the Liberty and Dream a little bit here. This game on Sunday is going to be Dream at Liberty, and I think we're going to have to see basically what happens on Friday to determine this one.
1: Yeah. So, like as it stands right now, I would definitely have the Liberty, you know, favored by a little bit. I think you know I have them at a pick 'em in Atlanta, so
2: Especially Liberty at home, yeah.
1: should be yeah, right. Getting home court should swing move the needle, but at the same time, like you said. That could totally change depending on what happens Friday night, both in terms of just, um, you know, getting more information from that game, but also like what the playoff scenarios look like heading into Sunday. Like if one of these teams may be eliminated by then, you know, maybe not. Who knows? So this and one thing
2: we didn't mention is that the injury reports for both these teams are very different. New York going into Friday with a clean injury report and the dream not so much.
1: Yeah, exactly, and that's something that could change, too. We'll see what the injury reports look like. A lot of the players on that dream injury report, which there are a lot, you know, feel bad for them, but a lot of them are out for the season. Um, we'll see what that looks like. I think they have five on the injury report, I want to say, which is it's incredible that they're in this position, honestly, to even potentially make the playoffs. But, um, yeah, this one is really tough to project two days ahead of time, put that way.
2: Yeah. After that, the other four games on Sunday – are not as interesting to me. The best one, perhaps Storm at Aces at noon, but there's another noon game as well, Fever at Mystics. We, again, already touched on this one. Same thing applies for what we said for the Friday game, really not anything super interesting, except for your note that perhaps the Mystics (laughs) will be resting and perhaps you can get in on the Fever and the Fever love to try their hardest and bless them. We love that. (laughs) Love them trying to cover those spreads for us. (laughs) But the Storm at the Aces at noon could be interesting. What do you think we'll see?
1: Yeah, this will be interesting if the Aces still have something to play for, which uh, if they win tonight, I think they will. They'll be in contention for the one seed if they win this Thursday when we're recording this, uh, if they mm. beat the Sky. And if they're in contention for the one seed, obviously they'll definitely you know roll out all the starters for this game and try to get it. Um, they do. They are down D'Erika Hamby now, which is a big deal uh, because yeah. they have a giant gap from five to six. They're starting last with best in the league. <laughs> They don't have a bench, so we'll see how that affects them. In the Storm, uh, like we talked about, there's a good chance that they're locked into their spot heading into into this game. If they are and the Aces are still playing for that one seed, uh, I think the Aces honestly could run away with this one because maybe we don't see Brianna The Storm are smart.
2: They know when to go and when to pull back.
1: Exactly, exactly.
2: Yeah, I saw the Derrick Hamby news and thought, uh uh-oh, worst time in the season for this to be happening for the aces because to your point that drop off from their five to six is massive and we've been talking about the starting five probably getting worn down over time this season but now we're talking about people actually being out with possible injuries so worse worse timing i think for the aces and makes me nervous and it would make me nervous if i had an aces uh ticket especially because you couldn't get any good aces (laughs) futures tickets this year they were all shorter than two to one i believe so Makes me nervous. I think the Aces, you're right, could run away with this one if the Storm are pretty much set where they need to be. So we'll see. We'll see. And they are at home. Sky at Mercury. Mercury, as I mentioned, no DT. And Skylar Diggins-Smith officially out for the rest of the season, personal reasons, which is probably... I don't even want to win a championship with you guys, which I totally back her up for. Uh, the Sky have not been covering as of late either. Another team that's smart and knows when to when to go and when to pull back. And they could be fighting for that. Or holding on to that one seed, we're not really sure at this point. I don't know. I don't think this is going to be this going to be a garbage game to me. I think just on the Mercury side of things, if anything.
1: Yeah, I think. I mean, the Sky might be fighting for the one seed. They might have clinched the one seed if they beat the Aces on Thursday. Uh, the Mercury might be eliminated if they lose before this one, or they might still be in it and they might be able to run out all those you know players who no one's ever heard of and give the Sky a run. So this is another. I think probably stay away game for me. If we do see a lot of people resting, though, and if we see the Mercury eliminated, I would think about an under for this game, uh, because Mm. I think you would just see kind Mm. of a lot of, you know, to put it bluntly, garbage basketball.
2: (laughs) Yeah, but to your point about the Wings and Mercury game on Friday, maybe those Mercury backups are going to be playing their hearts out. So, But they will be playing against a very, very good Chicago defense, so there's there's your edge to kind of perhaps look at the under. Wings at Sparks, this is the final game on Sunday. What a let! Sorry. What a letdown. I know this is the Los Angeles City <laughs> cast, but ee, wings at Sparks. The wings, as we mentioned, locked into the sixth spot. The Sparks fighting for a playoff spot still, or are they out? They are
1: barely in it. They're hanging on by a thread. That Thursday, they from- play
2: the Sun. Yeah. We haven't seen the result. If they shock us, bravo to them, but yeah. I doubt it.
1: That's true. They might be eliminated by the time this comes out, uh, that game happens tonight. So we'll <laughs> see. They're, they're, they're we hanging are. on by a thread as we record this, I should say. I think 538 gives them a 1% chance to make the playoffs. So, oh, okay. so Dumb and Dumber, you're telling me there's a chance.
2: <laughs> no, sorry. Retool it in the off offseason. Uh, I'm surprised that the Wings are in the spot they're in. I said this on the podcast the other day. I'm surprised to see where they finished, actually.
1: Yeah, the Wings went on a really nice run uh, in the last week or so until last night uh, when they got beat by 19. But they had a five-game win streak before that, first time in like six years or something for them. So this is a team I could see someone giving someone trouble in the playoffs, especially because Road Dogg Dallas, we talked about it, Road Dogg Dallas is somehow unstoppable. 20-8 against spread over the last two seasons as Road Underdogs. Yep. <laughs> Why? It doesn't make any sense. Why? But they're going to be road dogs it, in the playoffs. They play so.
2: harder on the road, of course. Yeah, apparently. It makes no sense. Uh, let's wrap things up with some end of the regular season awards. So I shot Calvin a message, you know, this morning. So I gave him a ton of time to prep, obviously, on this. <laughs> and <laughs> just all around, great job by me. And we want to talk about the teams who made us the most money, really. So end of the season award, who was your uh, most profitable team? Which team would you like to give an award to? Hopefully a trophy bigger than the one that Kelsey Plum got. <laughs>
1: Yeah, Yeah. definitely the Mystics. uh, I think early on the Mm -hmm. season, they were a lot better than they were last year. Cashed a lot of spreads with them as the books adjusted. Also, a lot of full game unders. And most importantly, even though this is over, it lasted a long time. Second quarter unders. (laughs) Never forget. Never forget, Mystics second quarter unders. Cashed so many tickets on those. So, shout out to the Mystics defense and shout out to the Mystics. What was the streak? It ended on 18? 22 in a row against non-aces teams. They actually went over twice against the aces high scoring team in the league. 22 in a row against everyone
2: else. <laughs> 22. That's a that's a hell of a trend. And so of course we have to shout it out. I'm with you too. I give my trophy to the Mystics this season. Uh we love uh, predictability in betting, I want somebody who's consistent. The Mystics, best team against the spread this season, 20 and 13, and then one push. Uh, eight and three as a dog. When were they? A- Whenever they were a dog, all my money. I want that game, give me that. And then your unders, to your point, only 12 overs for them, 22 unders. So even with totals that were under 160, which was about our teetering point for most of the point, you could still look for an under for the Mystics and live betting on the Mystics. So reliable. So just this is why I have a ticket on them really to possibly win the championship is because I think that they're so exact and well-coached and they just have exactly what they need to be able to win in a fourth quarter situation, which some of these teams do not have. Atlanta is a team that comes to mind. So yeah, I give my best to, to the Mystics. Do you have an honorable mention? Another team that, that won you a lot of money this season? A uh, player?
1: Uh, well, uh, Player props? Yeah. Let's go with both for the player. I'm gonna say Sabrina Unescu uh, oh, won me a lot of I money. I thought you
2: were gonna say Alyssa Thomas.
1: Oh, you know what? I think I, I want a little bit on Alyssa Thomas too. Um, okay. definitely Honorable. definitely want someone on Alyssa Thomas on actually on everyone on the sun. That game when John Paul Jones was a late <laughs> scratch and the books didn't adjust in time, so just hit, you know the, out. the over on everyone else when you're Reigning MVP is out. Everyone else goes over everything, right? Uh, General
2: rule of thumb. Yep.
1: And Sabrina Ionescu, uh I think I've cashed. This is why I have her. I've cashed both some overs and some unders with her. So, um, I in a way, I mean, she won me money last night by not showing up. Um, not the award that she would necessarily want to win. She had 13 points. Her line was at 21 and a half. Uh, but I also have cashed some overs on her. I did cash her over assists last night, too. So
2: so she's just been cooperating with you. She's just been
1: cooperating with me. She hasn't been <laughs> too good or too bad or whatever. She's just been cooperating, which shout out to her. Her team has not. We'll get to that in a second. But she has. The other team, honorable mention, I'll say is the Fever live betting. What? i betting the Fever after the third quarter when the Fever are down by 30. They try in the fourth quarter. The other team doesn't. They ended up losing. They up losing by 12, 15, or whatever. Live betting the Fever has been awesome. Pre-game betting, I never pre-game bet the Fever. Live betting the Man. Fever has been awesome.
2: If you told me the Fever were going to win an award this season, <laughs> I wouldn't have believed you. But Calvin Wetzel's going to give one to them. I love it. Uh, for me, as the Mystics, obviously, honorable mention to Chicago because Chicago came out at the start of the season and didn't have even Kalia Copper weren't full strength yet. There were moments where Courtney Vandersloot would go out or Candace Parker would go out and they still were able to cover those lines towards the end of the season. So basically, they set you up well by not really covering at the start of the season and then just completely demolishing kind of in the middle. And now we see, of course, them having to pull back at certain moments. But... They've been able to cover spreads even with some of their point guard out, Candace Parker out. And so uh, for me, the Chicago's been the other most reliable team, really. 16 and 17 ATS this season. Who is, uh, who's in your doghouse? Who's in your doghouse after this season?
1: I alluded to this a little bit. Uh, Sabrina cooperated. Her team did not. The Liberty mm. are just so tough to bet on because of those threes. I think we already mentioned. I bet against yeah. them, they shoot 50% from three. I bet on them, they shoot 17% from three without fail. So whatever I said on the Liberty earlier on this podcast, I don't even remember. Uh, Just go the other way because Liberty never (laughs) do what I want them to do. Fade
2: your your Liberty bets? (laughs) Yep, yep, either way. (laughs) My doghouse is the Las Vegas Aces because I tried to go in live on this team not a lot of times because most of my live bets went well, but they messed up my live bet record because I would find Aces money lines And they would not close out these games. And so it was very weird where the Aces almost had to come out and be dominant the entire game. And if they fell behind, I'm not confident that they can come back. I'm just not. I mean, what comes to mind too is the Asia Wilson layup that was missed to send the game Ooh. to overtime. I'm still not over it.
1: Ooh, yeah. So... Asia also uh, killed me with her uh, meaningless three at the end of the overtime game against. I'm uh, saying. This would have cashed an overtime under somehow.
2: Does she even care about the spread?
1: Gosh, no, or the totals. <laughs> Asia just doesn't care about us. A very inconsiderate She's just, person. Just it's being excellent like
2: out there. It doesn't even care. The
1: takeaway, yeah. Wow, Ace is in the doghouse, huh?
2: <laughs> yeah, Un- unexpected, and I did not expect the fever to be an honorable match. <laughs> so that was, that was very, very entertaining. Fourth quarter fever only. Fourth quarter okay. fever
1: only, I'll say that.
2: <laughs> Calvin, before I let you go, we're going to have you back on for playoffs, but who's winning? Who's winning the championship? I'm
1: going to go with the sun. The sun? I'm going to go with the sun. Honestly, the sun uh, from
2: behind.
1: Mostly because I went with him preseason, and I want to be the type of person that sticks to my
2: convictions. <laughs> Okay. So go with the sun. Okay. I mean, things changed since that, but things, <laughs> things have changed things have since changed. that. Their but, rosters changed a little bit. Yeah. I think this is the year where they finally ace the final
1: exam. <laughs> They're gonna do it.
2: Oh, that's such a like a math teacher teacher thing to say. So I appreciate that. Uh, I'm going to say, for me, it's between the sky and Mystics, and I'm gonna go sky. I like the sky. To repeat, right. let's do it. Right. So that's fun. But we'll have Calvin back on to talk playoffs, of course. And thank you so much for coming on, as always.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me. This was
2: awesome. Okay, Los Angeles CityCast, you know what to do. Uh, actually, next week for playoffs, we're going to have a Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday podcast to get you all ready for playoffs. So Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday uh, for next week, and we'll see you back here for more Los Angeles action sponsored by Bat River Sportsbook.